On the last episode of Conceptualized, we talked about the track Upgrade from Logic's sophomore album, The Incredible True Story. This track was designed to give the listener an idea of how his life has been upgraded since his time growing up with a highly dysfunctional family in a rough environment. He speaks about his love life and how it has improved by getting married. His vehicle situation has upgraded by obtaining a foreign sports car, and he's upgraded his environment by moving to a gated neighborhood in the Hollywood Hills. This, all on the surface, seems like an obvious upgrade, but we need to keep in the back of our mind that while he's upgrading the material things in his life, he's also burying Bobby the more he becomes logic. listening to Conceptualized, an episodic, comprehensive breakdown of hip-hop's transformative concept albums. Written and hosted by me, Rob Furlong. Produced and engineered by myself and James Vandegrift at Hole in the Wall Media. Theme song by Blossom Music. Today, we will talk about the song entitled Like Whoa, which I consider a hype track. As a matter of fact, it's the first of two tracks that are lively, energetic, fun, and carefree, and that illustrate Logic's upgraded life. And we'll see that even for an artist as grounded as Logic, the rockstar life can have your head in the clouds. The first of these tracks we will talk about is the fourth track of the incredible true story, Like Whoa. If you haven't noticed yet, the theme song for Conceptualized has changed. The new theme song is called Space Cowboy, and I wanted to take the time to thank the artist Blossom for letting me use the track for season one. Blossom is an independent artist that makes laid back, chill, instrumental hip hop. So head over to SoundCloud to check them out. You can find them on SoundCloud or YouTube. Just search Blossom Music. The links are in the description. Make sure to go listen, like, and share. But first, let's catch up with our astronauts Kai, Thomas, and Thalia. This scene is a whole track on the incredible true story, and it shows one of the adventures that Kai and Thomas encounter on their way to paradise. It'll start mid-conversation with a funny story Kai tells Thomas. Bitch said, use a condom, and I said, baby, there's like 10 people left in existence. What the fuck does it matter? You didn't say that. <laughs> man, yes, I did. No, you didn't. I'm a crow-ass man. What, am I lie to you? I'm a lie? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, maybe I just thought it, but damn, she was just so butt naked. I wrapped it up with a trash bag just to get it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Before being interrupted by Thalia with an urgent message. Hold on one second, I'm sorry. <laughs> Guys, we seem to be approaching another ship. What? It's impossible. How far? 32 kilometers. Oh, shit. HQ, this is pilot Quentin Thomas, accompanied by my first man in charge of infantry, William Kai of the Aquarius 3. Come in, over. HQ here. What is it, Thomas? My program has just informed me and my partner of another ship that's now 31 kilometers out. 
Did you just say another ship? Yeah, that's what he said. Another fucking ship in the middle of space, man. I've gathered information from the ship's motherboard. Engage the ship. What? Copy. I'm receiving audio embedded in the ship's distress signal. Man, why white people always gotta go investigating shit, man? Shut up, Kai. Thalia, playback message. You got it. This is Captain Christopher Smith of the Aquarius One. The year is 2093. Uh, time unknown. The entire crew is dead. And I really saw my last hours. Whatever you do, do not come knocking. Oh, hell no, man. We gotta get the fuck out of here, man. HQ, engagement is a no-go. Permission of the Aquarius Three to push through to paradise. Permission granted. Man, thank God. So as we see, the ship that our main characters are aboard is the Aquarius Three, And it has encountered one of the other ships that was sent out years prior, the Aquarius One, and lost contact with the space station. Something happened, and whatever happened, we hope doesn't befall our main characters. They are told to engage the ship, but wisely decide not to engage with the ship. So let's dive right in and start talking about Like Woe. Like Woe is the second single off the incredible true story, and for damn good reason. This is one of Logic's most energetic songs on the album, and it's definitely still a song that I can't skip when I hear it. It is a track that showcases Logic's rapid style of rap, and it is a track that you have to listen to a few times to kind of let everything he says sink in. It's also fun to imagine our space travelers listening to this track a hundred years in the future, and apparently still think this song is a jam. Like Woe begins with a flute playing an interpolation of John Cameron's instrumental track entitled Liquid Sunshine. This song was made back in 1973, and honestly, it's pretty dope. I listened to it a few times out of just vibing to it while I was researching and writing this episode. I highly recommend hip-hop fans to find the samples that their favorite songs use. I oftentimes find music from the 60s and 70s that I had no idea existed and that I really vibe to. Anyway, like I was saying, Logic uses an interpolation of this song which means he didn't use the recording from John Cameron's original. He recorded his own live instrumentation for the song. Now this becomes a very involved process. I don't think Logic or his in-house producer, Six, are known for their flute playing abilities. And so this means they have to hire a flautist. Then, once the flautist is playing, you realize you need a live bass to accompany the naked flute track.
and the next thing you know, you've hired a whole band to come into the studio and make a track. Logic goes all out for the production of this song, and ultimately has live instrumentation including a whole horn section with trumpets and French horns, a whole string section including cellos and violins, a whole woodwind section, like that very pronounced flute, and then a voice. And upon the release of the album, Logic also released some behind-the-scenes footage that documents the making of this track. We're going to take a listen to just a bit of that process. First, we'll hear Logic explaining his vision to his piano player, Sir Dylan, who actually plays all the keyboards in the track, like synthesizers and organs as well. I'd love to hear you just do I hear like while you're playing, dun, dun, bun, bun, and they hit like, bun, dun, bun, 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 like, roll, you know oh, okay, yeah, 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 just fuck around with that. Yeah, yeah. Then we hear the guitar tracking by Steve Wireman, who also plays multiple instruments on the song. Next, we'll hear the congas and other percussion instruments like shakers, mostly done by Bobby Campbell and producer Six. Bring it back again. Next, we'll hear the live vocals from Drea, who is featured throughout the album as a vocalist. So, so you gotta go, you gotta go up oh, on that, on that. Uh, you, gotta, you gotta go, you gotta do a movement up. The time is wrong. She could, she could cut that shit. She could. Cut it short? The, no, she could punch it. Like, that la- you talking about the last part? Yeah, just a da 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 Yeah, she could punch it because I love the other ones. Okay. Personally, but y'all do whatever the fuck you want. What do you say? He said we can just punch that part. Okay. And finally, we get to hear Logic himself tracking his verses. I think I said it, but I think I said it, but I know I do it this for everybody that been going through it. Like, alright, play it. Check me out. I've been feeling like a. I've been feeling like a motherfucking postman. Said a letter, said a people love us, not a said I got. I'm like an old man, hold up with an old man. Let me back up in this bitch, I'm planning in this bitch, I'm rapping in this bitch, running again. Yeah, I've been lapping in this bitch, you know it's alright. Fuck around and they all might look at a brother 
different number at all night. I think I said it, but I know I do it. This for everybody going through it like whoa. What is truly cool to hear is the practice that comes into making music. Logic shows us that he's not perfect and that it makes multiple times to get it down right. Once you take all those elements together, you get a song that sounds like, well, like whoa. So let's take a listen to the first verse of the song, and Logic will waste no time getting into it. Get your ears ready and block out distractions, because Logic will spit this verse very rapidly. I've been feeling like a motherfucking postman, sending letters to the people all the letters that I got. I'm like an old man, hold up when the old man. Let me back up. Now, the first few lines Logic describes himself as a postman and then rapidly describes that it's because he's delivering messages to his fans and listeners. And he's been doing it so much that he feels like he has the wisdom of an old man. This type of thinking is actually fairly common in the hip-hop world. For instance, we all remember Drake's 2010 single, Over. Or in Kendrick Lamar's 2011 song, Hole Up. So there is a precedent for these young men in their 20s feeling like old men. Why do you think this is a common theme? In my opinion, I think that for a lot of young people who become successful as young adults, They've been working extremely hard on their craft. And I believe that there is merit in the 10,000 hour rule that basically says that it takes 10,000 hours of practice to become world-class at any discipline. So to a certain degree, these MCs have put in an immense amount of work and have become highly skilled. They also have a lot more responsibilities for the welfare of people around them. In order to be a touring musician, you have so many people that depend on you for a paycheck. Everyone from management to the staging crew is all being paid because of your music. So we see that Logic feels that pressure as well, and it can really force a young man to grow up quickly. After Logic explains his old postman line, he will go into how he feels about where he is in relation to the rap game. He'll even reference his future success by mentioning platinum status, which if you didn't know, means that he has sold more than 1 million copies of the song. It's interesting to note that Logic had yet to go platinum when this track was released. But by the time we are recording this episode, he has eight platinum singles for solo releases. More if you include his features. And he also has two platinum albums. So it's safe to say he made a little prediction that came true, more than a handful of times. Logic even mentions in an interview with Genius.com that he wanted to make this album about his present and future. He says, quote, I never talked about the present on Under Pressure really, and then this album is about the present and the future. So for me, this was the first joint that I was talking about me, 
and where I am in my life and how cool shit is. End quote. I feel like we need to take a minute to think about that statement. It is very easy in today's day and age to get lost in our routines. Work, school, family life, health, household chores, etc. A lot of times we don't take time to just reflect on the good things that are happening. For me, I usually notice when I'm on vacation with family that I've been so focused on preparing for the future and working that I'm not appreciating what is around me daily. So just remember to take time to enjoy life and do things you love to do, even if that means just kicking back and watching a movie or going out for a hike. Do something that reminds you of how fun life can be and do it regularly. Right before Logic gets to the hook, he gives a little explanation as to who this song was made for and that it is for anybody that is going through the journey of following their dreams. The hook will play out and will jump right into the second verse as quickly as he did the first verse. This verse is centered around more material things like money not being an issue anymore, first class and private jet flights, living in a mansion, and European travel. All things that are often thought of as synonymous with success. The last half of the second verse is an illustration of how his life can be so busy that he gets lost in the work, not taking a moment to step back and realize all that work he's been putting in. I love these lines because they give a very vivid image of what it would be like to be an international touring artist. So, as we see, this song is one that is meant primarily to illustrate to us that all of the material things that people commonly use to measure success are coming into his life, and that these are all compounding to help him bury Bobby just a little deeper. I would even say that it illustrates how easy it is to start to get lost in that new identity, especially when you're so busy that you don't really get a chance to sit back and evaluate. So at the very end of Like Whoa, Logic will harken back to our astronauts with a quick line from Kai. we make it to fucking paradise and not fucking die on our way there, motherfucker. So in recap, let's take a look at what's going on in the story. Our astronauts Kai, Thomas, and Thalia are traveling to the planet Paradise, and along the way, they are listening to Logic's second studio album, The Incredible True Story. In that album, Logic is documenting and foreshadowing his career and life goals. He's illustrated for us to this point that his goal is to make an impact on the music industry and rap game and build a family. We see that he has started to do just that. His career is still on an upward trajectory and he is definitely a known entity in the industry. He also got married, which traditionally is one of the first steps in starting a family. 
So all in all, things are going pretty well in his life. And he's making a point to recognize that because he's dedicated his entire first album to the struggle of his childhood and making it to this point. But he's also burying his true self or old self in order to make his dreams come true. In the meantime, he's enjoying himself. And as things keep projecting upwards, it even surprises himself to the point that his only way to describe it is, whoa. And as we'll see in the next episode, the fun is only beginning for Young Logic. Thanks again for listening to Conceptualized, and make sure to like, comment, subscribe, follow, and most importantly, share. Hey guys, I wanted to tell you about Inspired by Neyave. Inspired by Neyave is an art collection by Michael Neyave that is concepted to help others feel inspired through his art of inspirational figures. His piece on Logic is amazing, and as soon as I saw it, I knew other Logic fans would love to get their hands on it. The good news is, you can head on over to inspiredbyneave.com and buy a print. These unique portraits are perfect for your office, bedroom, or art collection. Not only can you find Logic, but other inspirational artists like Drake, Chance the Rapper, and Eminem. Check it out. The link is in the description. That's inspiredbyneave.com.